what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Hey, what's going on, guys? Royale with cheese. After a long break, we are finally back. The last few weeks have been uh, hectic for the both of us, and uh, finally able to sit down. We don't worry. We've been watching the movies. We just have not been reviewing them, except if you follow my letterbox, then you can see all of them. <laughs> but besides that, uh, yeah. So. Basically, we went to go see um, the new movie with Brad Pitt at Astra. Not so new anymore, but still, still, it's, it's fairly new. Um, I found it pleasantly surprising. I mean, it's basically it's all around this astronaut Roy McBride. He has to take this mission to go across the solar system to help find his dad on uh, Neptune, and because these solar rays are shooting out to the Earth and causing power outages and stuff like that. So basically the fate of the world is in his hands to go and stop his dad who is under suspicion of sending out these rays. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting movie. This is, I believe, going to be Brad Pitt's third movie that he's in this year. What's uh, uh, The King. It's oh. coming out. I don't know what it is. I haven't really seen. I just saw. But, anyways, this movie is two hours and three minutes, so not too long. It is about Brad Pitt. The whole his whole life revol or the whole movie revolves around Brad Pitt and, and his dad's relationship. Yeah, yeah, and he's. I mean, just a little backstory on Brad Pitt. He's like this stone cold guy. His heart rate never gets above eighty. Yeah, exactly. Like he's always calm and collective. Like he's the perfect astronaut. And to mention, uh, Brad Pitt's dad is uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and then also like one of his mentors, kind of thing, is Donald Sutherland. So it's actually a pretty cool cast, honestly, for this movie. And uh, I um I enjoyed it, of course. But uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. I mean, uh, Seth, what was, like, the good you got from this? I mean, I thought it was pretty cool how they, like, add the the scenery. Uh, so, one of my favorite parts was when they got to the moon and there was an Applebee's on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Applebee's sponsored them, but it was really Subway funny. was on the moon, too. Yeah, it was really like funny. Yeah, the moon has been commercialized. I mean, it's in the near future. So, the moon's been colonized. Even parts of uh, Mars has been colonized. I mean, um, well, he's on that giant tower to start the beginning. Yeah, of the it's movie. like a, uh, is it? Like I think it's like a radio tower yeah, of some like sort. Yeah, it shoots literally into space. Like, yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think Brad Pitt knocked out of the park on this one, personally. Oh I mean, yeah. Do you think it's better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, no, no, nothing's better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, no, no. I don't say the movie. I'm saying his acting. Oh, his acting. Yeah. Honestly, I thought this was a. Uh, perfect role for him but then again i think once upon a time in hollywood fits his personality better yeah i think i liked i think i liked him a little bit more once upon a time in hollywood but i think he went for it harder in that astra i, I mean because a lot of role i mean yeah most of the movie is centered around him also so i mean the whole movie's about him i mean there's not many scenes where that he's not in yeah i mean another thing that i really enjoyed about this movie is um the scenery i, I mean this everything in this movie looked super good like when they go to the moon and stuff, it actually looks like real footage and stuff. Oh, yeah. And especially, I mean, we're not getting into too much spoilers, but, I mean, there's there's moon pirates. I mean, there's it, moon pirates. It's pretty epic. And that scene alone is awesome. Yeah. And the use of silence, I think, because I always think space is always, like, makes it more intense because it is silent. Yeah. They just go silent and then a big explosion and stuff like this. And not to mention, we went to go see this at, like, the IMAX, basically. An epic. 
yeah, Epic Theater, which is basically IMAX, and it was it made this movie better. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, this because everything was just obviously bigger, louder, I and when those shots came from the space pirates, it just sent booms into you. It was awesome. I think any space movie you should go see at the Epic because or IMAX because it's just gonna make it better because it's bigger and space is all about space movies are generally all about detail yeah and sound and that's what you're really getting from the imax i mean i'd say go see once upon a time in hollywood in the imax just because (laughs) but no it was definitely interesting like kip said there's space okay so there's a lot of it was a pretty chill movie but then there was just a couple scenes thrown in there that you're just like what the heck? I agree. How I did agree. this? Where did this come from? I'll, we'll get into that in a little bit later. Do you have anything? I don't know else? if we want. To I know. I, I won't. I won't. But do you have? Do you have anything? Do you have anything else about this movie that you really like? Do you like to share real quick? I mean, I really liked Brad Pitt's acting. I really liked Tommy Lee Jones' acting. And I mean, Donald Sutherland wasn't in it much, but he's still yeah, he's still solid. I mean, uh, n- even she was pretty solid. Uh yeah. What's we'll her? The. There are some things in this movie that, that I did not enjoy, though. I mean, I, I'm gonna be completely objective here. I mean, um, I think personally, everyone but Brad Pitt kind of felt empty as characters. And I'm not saying every character needs to be super developed by any means, but I mean, let's be real. Brad Pitt was the only one that you felt. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is next, but he's the only one that you really felt was like, I don't know developed at all in this movie which is not necessarily a really bad thing but it just felt like all the other characters were kind of empty to I me mean, at least there, there was really no one it was about besides brad pitt i mean and uh, that father i mean a little bit yeah but. i mean there was all astronauts and stuff the other thing that i did not really enjoy about this movie is the voiceover now voiceovers are always seen as a super lazy way of conveying points because they're like it's a movie so if you want to portray something just do it through visual like you don't have to explain it to do it through visuals and i did feel like the narrating was unnecessary for the most part see but i disagree with you just on the fact because of him like keeping his heart rate at 80 and him just being so calm and collective that's how i felt he was he would talk to himself almost yeah yeah but what i'm saying is like but so it for me it built his character well, the, do you, do you, but did he say anything in those inner monologues oh, it, it wasn't that made nece- a difference? It wasn't like necessary in the sense of like explaining anything. Well, but then, yeah, it, I, I thought it was necessary just saying, in the sense. It's of just lazy it storytelling. His, yeah, I think. But I think, okay, they definitely didn't need it in there. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. by them putting it in there, I mean, did, did, I think it added. To I don't his think character. it pissed me off that much. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's definitely like, like I see I'm trying what, to be objective and find some. Faults I see what I see what you're saying because there is a lot of movies that have really bad. Well, it's not even bad. It's just the sense of, like, you're making a movie, like, show us the visuals. Like, if the actor's good enough, he and Brep is good enough to portray that he's confused or he's sad or stuff like that. Like, it's not, like, that's all I'm saying by it. Um, I mean, also, the one thing that you kind of hit on is I feel like this movie was kind of caught between, like, an art movie and a blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, which one would you just, which one would you say it is? I, I don't know. I Okay, so personally, I felt like this was like a gravity slash interstellar slash... Uh, what's uh, the other one I had it with? Um, the Martian, kind of like that. Yeah. It's just all of them just like 
Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, because I mean, this movie, the trailers, I think, do a big disservice and put all the exciting scenes in it. And you know me, I'm perfectly fine with slow burn, so this does not affect me. But I think a lot of people will dislike this movie because it's slow. And there are there are a few action sequences which I actually enjoy, but they don't necessarily necessarily feel organic to me. If you know what I'm saying, like this movie is caught up too much between like. Brad Pitt and daddy issues. Well, that comes from the director. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. James Gray <laughs> hates we'll his dad. We've. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just we'll what decided here. But um, this movie just felt like some parts of it. I'm like, this is a blockbuster. Just the way they portray the everything, and it just looks great. There's some action to it, and everything is was really cool. But then, I mean, most of it though was just like this space drama, you know. Like, oh, it's a hundred percent. Okay, so it, I, I th- I'm just very conflicted on what I was supposed to necessarily get. Like, either is it a blockbuster? Am I watching like Marvel Endgame yeah, here, or yeah. am I watching like Manchester by the Sea? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely, I can't agree with that. They didn't go one way or the other. It also, I felt like the premise of the whole premise of saving his dad, which you kind of saw from the beginning. Yeah. I I felt like they were a little bit... I, I don't know if that was that good of a premise. Because now knowing the director, and that's literally all he does, it kind of is just like... Uh, like, you got to change yeah, it up. Yeah, I feel like, like this, this movie would have hit harder if uh, we had a really crappy relationship with our dad. <laughs> like, so. I think I think that would have hit harder. But I, that's what I want to get into kind of next is, like, the themes of this movie. And, like, that's obviously the one is, like, abandoned son constantly seeking approval. And, like, you see that throughout the film. Like, Brad Pitt, he basically, like, you get constantly this feeling that he loathes his father. Because the father oh, leaves. Yeah. At the age of 16, he leaves him to go on this Lima project. Yeah. And the Lima project is to find extraterrestrials, basically. And this keeps pushing its limits to the farthest most points of the known universe. They make it to Neptune. Yeah. So... He doesn't like his dad because he feels his dad abandoned him. Like, he chose the mission over him and his family. But yet, the whole movie is Brad Pitt basically struggling because he's basically his dad. Because Brad Pitt, he has a a failed relationship. He has a failed... I don't know if he's... Was he married? I don't know if they necessarily showed he was married. I think it shows he's married. And it shows that it fails. And it just shows he doesn't really like human contact. But he's one of the best astronauts he doesn't his blood pressure doesn't rise i mean he doesn't his heart rate doesn't rise above 80 like he's a great astronaut he's great at what he does and he sits there and he makes comments like in the inner dialogue when they go to the moon for example and you see it's all commercialized and stuff yeah he says this fact that my dad would hate this if he saw the moon turned into like a playground instead of like a mission and i don't think it's very I don't think he's necessarily like taking some big stab at anti-capitalism. I think it's more of like his dad was very virtuous when it came to missions and such. And mission was number one priority, but he sucked at his home life. And I think throughout this movie, he meets other astronauts and stuff, and they all say, oh my gosh, your dad inspired me to become who I am today. I'm so glad your dad is such a hero in all this. Yeah. And Brad Pitt even believes his dad's a hero. No, but he no, just he believes does. he sucks as a father. Well, I, I think you're right in the sense that Brad Pitt thinks he's his father in that sense. And that's why 
Well, that's like his, that seems like his biggest his biggest fear is to become his dad, but he's becoming his dad throughout the whole movie. But I would, and then I would disagree because, in the sense, when he actually goes out to get his father, right? Yes. Or whatever, he has that inner dialogue, and he's like, "I always thought being away from people." And not being with people was everything I wanted, which was the same with his dad. But then he's like, after the 70 days, he's like, of being by himself, he's like, but it's actually not what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, so it's almost like, it's almost like everything he thought he wanted by taking this mission, he's now realizing. And I feel like it gives you the, not the, uh, it gives you the feeling that when he gets back, he's basically going to stop. And settle down with his wife because of all the videos he keeps rewatching them. Like, yeah, well, he realizes like, he realizes what's what he finds important. But this is, brings up my next. This is this is I think and to I, me a bigger question that this movie brought forth than even I think for me than the dad part. This is the thing is like, at what point in life is success like that important? Like when I I don't when do you weigh success over like family because i mean look at it his dad terrible father right so he failed his brad pitt's dad mom and he failed brad pitt so it's two people he failed but yet he led one of the most ambitious projects he's one of the best astronauts has progressed than anyone progressed yeah he's progressed humanity to this boundaries that it's never seen before inspired probably hundreds of of people to go into sciences to expound further. So it's like, but the point is he doesn't even care about any of that. He just wants to find another being. I know, alien but, life. but I'm, what I'm saying is like, is it worth it? Well, yeah, because it's because of his search for alien life. He breaks all so these. So what boundaries. you're saying is by him doing this, all the basically like, I mean, getting into like a lot of theory, all the collisions or whatever that it makes. And yeah. everyone else getting into it, and his son becoming really famous, even though having daddy issues. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm Are you saying it's worth it more than him staying home? That, yeah, that's my point exactly. I'm saying, like, he could have stayed home and been a good dad and probably a decent astronaut still, right? Yeah. But we don't know because we can't rewrite history. Would they have made the strives? Like, is it worth it for him to give up on two people for the benefit of society? So you're getting into this is a philosophical what, yeah. question. I I mean I don't think there's a set answer. I think it right. depends on the individual. But oh, I yeah. think this is one of the questions this movie brought up, at least to me, that was like hard to think of because I'm like, at first you want to sit there and you put yourself in Brad Pitt's shoes, and without a doubt, I'd be pissed at my dad if oh, he I'd did be that so to mad. me. But then again, you got to also put it in this perspective: Would he really even been a good father at home? It might have been worse that he stays home. Than him, yeah, but him. but I'm going with I'm going with what if he's like the best dad ever. But we can take a look at him, and he no, 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 I, I know, I know, be, because he puts the mission of success over his family. Not even the mission of success. He literally hates human beings. Well, okay, he hates humans because he feels. I think he feels they're all inferior. Because yes. he he looks at himself and he sees his priorities. He sees oh, mission first, and he sees most of humanity's not that way. Yeah, and he's like, you all are weak. I'm the best, basically. Like, I mean, kind of, yeah, but I, I don't know, man. He's a cold dude. He really no, is. No, <laughs> 100% he's a cold dude, but what I'm saying is, is that worth it? I mean, I would say retrospect, yes. 
all those I, advances. I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think there's actually like a set answer. But I then again, all those solar flares that went off. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. That's just like one of the things that made me like think throughout this movie. Like, I'm like, can you really be that mad at Tommy Lee Jones? I mean, I mean, he does make you mad. I, I mean, I know he does, but what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> can you actually be like that mad that he abandoned Brad Pitt? Because Brad Pitt, even Brad Pitt being abandoned, still has one of the most successful careers out of anyone ever. Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think there's an answer, but uh, well, can we get into a little bit of uh, James Gray? Yeah. Yeah, James Gray, the director, he uh, directed a few years back. Uh, it's called The Lost City of Z. And this movie actually flew pretty hard under the radar because the distribution of it was absolute garbage. But um, That's really his only big movie. Lost City of Z is basically at Astra in the jungle. has a little bit different vibe, but it's basically, once again, a son seeking approval of his dad. And the dad's... Mi- puts his work ahead of his son and his family. I mean, honestly, the biggest loser is James Gray's yeah, dad. So, <laughs> like, he no, hates... James like, Gray is the biggest loser. I know, dude, honestly. I feel like he just hates his dad. This is like... It's almost like... So, a lot of times, film is considered an art. Or yeah, it is an art. it's an art form, yeah. This is, uh, this is like going to a museum... In, or not a museum. Uh, going to an art museum. Gallery. Gallery. There you go. Sounds smart. All right, going to an art gallery and seeing all these paintings by this one person, you're like, why is somebody getting stabbed in every one of these photos? And then you lead it back to, well, that artist obviously wants to kill somebody. (laughs) I mean, yeah, James Gray clearly hates his dad. Uh, One other cool fact about this movie, um, they're sitting there, one of his first launches when he's going to Mars, uh, they're playing Frank Sinatra silently in the back of a space shuttle, and I've decided that is one of my life goals. <laughs> Just be chilling in a space shuttle with uh, Frank Sinatra playing in the background, you know? How can yeah. you beat that? So, uh, now that we already basically did Ad Astra fully. I mean, like, what would you rate it? Oh, yeah, that's true. I give it a 9 out of 10. Me too. I, ah. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I mean, there are definite flaws to this movie. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. But at the end of the day... This movie made me think, and the visuals were that great. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I think there were scenes in it. Okay, there were scenes in it, like Kilp said, that were like blockbuster scenes for sure. Yeah, but I enjoyed them. I mean, That's I thought what they were I mean. cool. They, yeah. I mean, they don't really pertain to the story all that well, but I thought they were really cool. The only. I will say this, though. I do. Ha- it's a soft nine for me. I think on a rewatch at home, this movie could easily slip to an eight. I think the IMAX is the only thing that made it a nine. But yeah, I that's what I'm saying. The visuals of seeing in the IMAX is uh, definitely hits it up to a nine for me. I think. I think. Yeah. Now I could come home and maybe bump it up to a ten, but I, I think for now, uh, I think a nine. Yeah, a soft nine for me. So since this movie is like a movies that a lot of other movies that yeah have been shown, we're gonna do something a little different. And since you came up with this idea, you tell. Well, yeah, I I think. Watching this movie, I realized, man, there's been a crap ton of Lonely Space movies like that have come out pretty recently. Like, in the near future, they're in space, and they have to deal with their own humanity and loneliness. Oh, yeah. And it's been actually kind of funny. But then I'm like, 
most of these movies, like, I always stand by the fact that I'm not a big fan of Lonely Space movies, but then I end up rating them really high and do yeah. enjoy them. So I don't really understand what's going yeah. on with this internal struggle. But um, And for this category, they don't have to be by themselves to be lonely. Like, it's just, like, the feeling of loneliness. Cause yeah. There's movies that we have in here where there's two people or multiple people, but there's such an urge to get back to people. Yeah, and we're going to – I think we basically broke it down. We're basically doing a top six. I know that's a weird number, but we, we, we probably didn't – we probably – I guarantee you both of us have not seen every near-future lonely space movie. But but, uh, but we, we did take a film class, so we know exactly. What we're so we know about. basically everything there is to know. <laughs> so, um, Seth, what's your number six? Oh, for sure, Gravity. Gravity, really? All right, go on. Uh, well, first, let's hear what your number six is. No, no, no. no. Well, 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 I think well, if we had the same, we'd want to know. We don't have the same. Okay, we'll just say it. Mine's passengers. Okay, so I'll give my saying on Gravity. I actually gave it a six. That's what I gave it. I mean, I actually do, too. You did, too? Okay. Yep. And the reason I have gravity as low as it is on my rating scale is because, honestly, if we're being... I'm not even saying, like... Okay, if I would have watched it in the IMAX, it probably would have been way better. That's what... I agree. All the uh, yeah, that's what everyone says. I've actually and we, Yes, we did miss out on that. But Sandra Bullock, I mean, there's... You know, there's just movies where you just really don't like the main character. This was one of those movies. Oh, for sure. She just made me so angry. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, this and that. It was just everything she did, it was like a bad horror movie where she was just walking into the wrong turn every time. Though, I did love George Clooney's in this movie. Yeah, George Clooney in it was pretty cool. I think that's why Brad Pitt had to do Ad Astra to one-up him as one of the good-looking oh, yeah. men of Hollywood. But, sure. um, no, Gravity, I, I mean... Gravity to me, I can honestly say I was. It's a hour and thirty minutes, pretty tight. I think, I think a lot of people thought this movie was really boring. I can. I don't think I was really ever bored. Sandra Bullock. Sandra word. Bullock's character is so frustrating, and everything that happens exactly it makes it just just intense enough that you're like, okay, what's gonna happen here, or what's happening? So I mean. I enjoyed it. I think the visuals are the best part. The thing about this movie, though... Oh, for sure. The visuals, the whole movie. Oh, yeah. It's it's literally 90% of the movie. I guarantee you. Right. Yeah. The, the the one thing about it, though, I would say about Gravity is um, it just... It, there's just no... To me, there's just no real meat to it. Like, I feel like I you're watching a visual experience and everything... Well, it's just a moving painting. That's literally what it is. And I feel like everything ends up pretty much yeah exactly how you expect i mean sandra bullock's left alone up in space she's not the most experienced astronaut and she figures out a way to make it back to earth like that's that's the whole movie i mean uh, you got the classic russian premise you know yeah you i mean like like the, it's just saying it's like it's a very straightforward movie and there's nothing necessarily wrong with it but there's just like nothing really to sink my teeth into oh yeah and i can do style over story in some movies but this movie was just all visuals and it was okay i gave it a six no i didn't I, hate it the probably the most frustrating thing for me wasn't even the movie and i think you'll agree with me on this okay it was the movie technically but the trailer for it so i've never seen it till just recently yeah 
and I generally watch the trailer before just like yeah it's it's almost a tradition you know sure even though it's pretty bad I hate do. watching trailers it's my big yeah but people. you'll you'll agree with me on this one the trailer for it makes it seem like dude this is just gonna be a straight hard intense movie like survival of life everyone fighting together for it and really all it came down to was it was like I'm about to puke because she's spinning in so many circles this whole movie. Okay, but in in its defense, isn't like all these movies on our list, didn't they all have like a super crazy trailer? Not like Gravity though. Mm. I'd say Gravity Ad had Astra. the worst. I'd say still say Gravity had the worst. All right, because I I knew what I knew what Ad Astra was gonna be. I didn't think it was gonna be. Okay, it doesn't matter. My number my number six is uh Passengers. Well, let's do a little review on that. What'd you give it first? Uh, Passengers to me is a five out of ten. Really? Yeah, I I think without a full full grasp on this movie, I feel like this movie is just <sighs> there's just so much. I'm not gonna lie, the YouTube video there's a YouTube video about basically how this movie if they would have edited it differently because basically the plot synopsis is basically Chris Pratt on a spacecraft with Colony going traveling through space and he gets woken up early and he realizes basically he's going to die alone because no one else has woken up so he wants to wake up someone else he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence she, they kind of try to figure out well, why because he didn't tell her he woke her up so she's like oh why did I wake up and all this stuff and basically it turns out he woke her up but is this he- is all this is all shown within the first yeah. 20, 30 minutes. The video that I saw that said, why didn't they just leave it like a suspense? Like, they both, it, the movie starts with Jennifer Lawrence getting up. And it's this movie, like, kind of like a thriller that you have to figure out. It's actually Chris Pratt this whole time. And you figure out the same time she does. And it's just, it's well, just, I can't agree it's just that. there. You this movie's just there, though. If they like. would have thrown a plot twist, this movie would have been leaps and bounds better. For sure. I mean, because it would have been like, it would have just been one of those moments like, what? Are you serious? Because you would have thought they both woke up at the same time, right? Yeah. Or even if you just thought his pod went off a year earlier and her pod went off, or her pod went off that day, that would even be fine. And you had to figure it out, whatever. Yeah. I think that would have made it a lot better. But I think it had a really cool concept that no one did. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong, it's the coolest concept, but it's, I think, really messy and I feel like it's just a space drama. I, I give it one point above you. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is for sure for sure my sixth. Now, Seth, uh, what'd you get, what's your fifth? It's Passengers. Ah. Uh, yeah. Just gravity? <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> just flip-flopped on that one. All right, all right, all right. Well, what would you give your four? Uh, my fourth is, this might be controversial. I, I don't know. I gave The Martian. That's what I have mine. I mean, okay, The Martian is actually, I think, the most fun movie on my list. Oh, for sure. It's definitely the most, this is where your blockbuster film comes in. Yeah. It's definitely it's, the most blockbuster and, family film. And now the, now the problem with this is I'm going to give it praise for where I hate it on Gravity, so it's going to sound very hypocritical, but I swear it's not. Martian, to me, is it's it's a one-man He's left on Mars. He has to learn how to survive. He's a botanist. He grows potatoes off his own poop. Highlight of the movie. I mean, he's funny too. Like when he's trying to make water and it yeah, no, it's like Matt Damon is super fun to watch in this movie. And this is the thing that I think 
Um, and they make it look realistic. Like, he starts growing a beard out, and then he also starts getting super skinny. Yeah, I mean, he's directed by Ridley Scott, which obviously knows what he's doing with sci-fi. And you got Matt Damon at the helm. Now, this movie is long, two and a half hours. But I don't think it actually even feels that long. And it's just kind of like a fun journey. I mean, there's definitely intense scenes, but it's just like kind of just fun little, you know, movie going into it. And I mean, like, I mean, they reference Iron Man in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like it's, hilarious. it's literally just, like Matt Damon feels like just the most run of the mill guy. You know, he's just on Mars living. And this movie, like, if you think about it, you're like, it's not that great of a movie. But if you turn that movie on and you turn to a scene where he's on a rover or anything, you're like, oh, dude, I'm going to sit down and wa- watch this movie. Like, this, yeah. this, it's a super entertaining, even though it's two and a half hours long. And. Like I said, this is very hypocritical sounding to me, but I swear it's not. This movie also does not have some deep philosophical meaning or anything. It's just his loneliness and he has to deal with it. And But this is does it fun, I feel like. It's, Even though it's an hour longer, it doesn't feel an hour longer it's than a Gravity. It's nice sit-down movie that, I mean, honestly, if you're just sitting there to chill. That's yeah, I mean, you're going to get... open a beer, smoke a cigar, you know? <laughs> you're going to get that's those... the movie. You're going to get those great visuals and... Uh, it's just it's a fun movie to sit down at. I mean, uh, he, I mean, he's just like, I mean, there's no way to put it besides Matt Damon really does kill this role. Yeah, he does. He truly does. And uh, I give it an eight. That's what I have it at right now. I actually only have it at seven. Yeah, I have it eight. I just think it's such a fun movie to sit down. Nothing much to it. You could probably trim parts of this off, but I think there's legitimately good parts to it. Now, uh, I'm interested if we have the same next one. I think we have the same next one. I I, I guarantee it. Yeah, Moon. Now this was interesting. I this was my first time watching it. Caleb's second. Uh, I think third, third, third time. We just recently watched it. Yeah. Well, anyways, you know, me during the movie, I'm trying to call up the plot the whole time. About the third time, I got it right. Yeah, that but. is my most <laughs> annoying. I think that's my most frustrating thing with like. And he, it's not just Seth. I think I do it probably too, but it's with anyone. When they're watching a movie that like could have a plot twist or like a surprise ending or something, they're always like, they throw out literally 30 guesses. And then when the movie ends, they're like, dude, I freaking called that. I'm like, yeah, you called it your 40th try. Like, it doesn't even count. Like, you literally named every possibility here. Like, of course you're going to get it right one of those. It just makes me angry. I don't know. That's my pet peeve about movies. It, it was honestly one of those things where I started figuring out Caleb was starting to get angry so I just kept going <laughs> with the random stuff because Caleb's like no man just watch the movie yeah this this I don't want to spoil anything for you but it, it's this astronaut Sam Bell he's on the moon he's basically there and he has lack of communications but he has like a Gertie which is this robot kind of like um from 2001 you know it's a obviously an obvious homage to 2001 yeah for sure. um i mean he's played but by si- sam rockwell also which about, knocks out of the park talking about loner movies this movie is a loner movie yeah it makes you feel lonely oh, even though another person sure. comes into play it still makes you feel like you're literally deserted that's how that's literally how it feels and it has i mean i'm always down for plot twist movies yeah and it has a fairly good plot twist I mean, I don't know if it'd be considered. Yeah, it'd be a plot twist. Also, you know, this movie has a great score to it. Yeah. I really, I really <laughs> dig the score they have to I, this. I can see that. Yeah. Um, it's short and tight. You know, it's really like barely over an hour and thirty minutes. I mean, it's emotional. You get that emotional tie to this movie. Unlike, let's like, say, Martian and Gravity, this movie actually like has something to bite into. I mean, 
this movie has some pretty deep themes. I mean, it has like corporate America is selfish and they'll do anything to profit. Even though I don't necessarily 100% stand by that belief, I this movie I think does a pretty good job of capitalism. I mean, they, he explains it, and I don't think without spoiling it, Seth. Is the corporation really that unethical or evil? No. I don't think so either. I, I, th- I think the, they try to portray it as, but if you think about it logically for like two minutes, it's you, you realize... It's probably the best thing, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, you realize it's like, it, it feels bad, but it's not really unethical. And it's not bad either. I mean, it feels bad, is what I'm saying. It feels for bad. watching the movie, yeah, it feels bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, logically, in, yeah, I agree. logical theory it wouldn't be bad for one reason but i'm not gonna spoil yeah. the reason why. and i mean they they also hit on like themes from like blade runner and such yeah, but, which then what makes a human human yeah because you know, well, he's kill, stuck up there for three years and kills it kills 100 right you feel bad no matter what even if it's ethically yeah that's right. what i'm saying sam rockwell does a great job i mean gertie is honestly pretty sweet i mean he's he's one of the few i will say this he's one of the few robots in a sci-fi movie that doesn't end up being bad <laughs> but he's still very unsettling. Gertie is one of the most unsettling Dude, robots. No, I think that is such... I think that is one of the greatest... Gertie is basically this... He's on a trolley throughout the whole space station, right? Yeah, but he's just like a block. With, I know, I know. With, like, an That's what I was going to say. No, he has like a little screen but that can, displays emotions. Like it's a smiley face yeah. or if he's sad, he'll yeah, do a that's face. True, that's true. And I honestly think that's one of the most like genius designs. It's so simple and kind of stupid, but it also... It's really an emoji. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's also I to me it is Gertie is so great. It's just like even though um Kevin Spacey plays his voice, which we won't get into that. It's but. just like at this point you have a million dollars worth of technology and you decide to only do this, and it, it's even more creepy because it's like an AI in the sense it communicates and it doesn't have feelings, but it almost does in a way. Yeah, it's so it, like yeah, it's like. This super intelligent uh, computer. Yeah. But it's just a block with with a camera and uh, the emoji thing. Oh, what would you give uh, Moon? I gave this 8 out of 10. Yeah, me too. I stuck it at 8 out of 10. Alright, I'm going to guess our second one is this. Or the second one's the same. I mean, you know. You know what mine probably is. I know what your number one is. Yeah, and uh, just like I said before the well, podcast. Well, should we do number one before we do number two? That make no sense. That's how they always do it. Though. No, they don't. No one ever. What? Yeah, they always do third place, and then they always say first place because no one cares about number two. <laughs> no, wait, what? What have you ever seen that does that? Uh, many things. I don't know. All right, we'll do second place. Mine was Ad Astra. Okay, just get out of the room. I um, I actually. I think right now, I think they're pretty much tied for me personally, but um, there's a few things in Interstellar, which is my number two. There's a few things in Interstellar which I have some major disagreements. I think Interstellar is a great movie. I just think Christopher Nolan is one of the worst dialogue writers of all time. Oh, I, I can't, I can't agree with that. <laughs> like, um, I just have to give us a little breakdown of Interstellar for the four people out there that have not seen this movie. For real. Um, honestly, if, if we're being all in all, this is like a modern 
cheesy 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I agree. The, it's, it's very, especially the last and bit. The reason it's I, very reminiscent. And of the reason I say it's a modern, not cheesy, is because for sure the graphics look phenomenal. Yeah. In the pictures. Yeah. It's and it's pretty. It has like a pretty in depth plot, but the point where I go cheesy is like 2001 Space Odyssey, mind blowing, right? Yeah. But Interstellar is almost like you're like, okay, I can understand that pretty well. I think I think Interstellar give us a plot and then I'll go into it. You know. Okay, so it's basically a team of people decide to travel through a wormhole to get to another planet because Earth is dying and they're trying to settle on a planet and then basically send the signal, hey, this is a planet we can settle on so then everyone else can go through. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar in the same... It's similar to Ad Astra in the same sense that um, Matthew McConaughey leaves his daughter yes. for the mission, puts his mission but before the his daughter. The there difference, is, a difference. Is, is he... The only reason he leaves... Is because it'll, he knows it'll be better for his daughter. Yeah, the for the Yeah, I mean, um, Interstellar is, I think, a very fascinating. I think Christopher Nolan is, I think, one of the most fascinating directors in Hollywood right now. Not for the fact necessarily. I do love his movies, even though it's the most normy thing in the world to say. But I think he's the most interesting in this fact. Him and Tarantino, I think, are able to make whatever the heck movies they want. Oh yeah, and you're gonna watch and they're, it, and not just watch it. P- studios give them a crap ton of money because they know they'll make a crap ton of money. He he doesn't have to fall into this. He doesn't have to make a Marvel movie to get a big budget. He makes Interstellar in 2014, and this movie is 100 percent advantageous. I mean, it literally is like 2001 in some in very small yeah respect. I mean, it's a kind of a if, it's a crazy plot if you watch. It's hard to summarize in the sentence like you tried doing. But this movie, like, really goes kind of bonkers there at the end. Like, it, it's it, sitting there and trying to pitch this movie oh, to people would be super hard. But they're like, hey, it's Christopher Nolan. We know he's going to make our money. Yeah. But the thing with this movie is I think there's a lot of scenes in it. And there's a lot of things that are super deep and emotional, I think, in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the things they do really crazy is time. Because, obviously, as you go through the wormhole or the black hole and stuff... They go to different planets, and different planets are on different time lengths. So, like, three minutes on this planet is two years on Earth. Yeah. So, he's basically missing his whole daughter's life. And throughout the movie, he yeah. keeps getting messages from his daughter, and his daughter's getting older. Even though it only feels like maybe a year in space, it's a lifetime on Earth. Yeah. And so, he goes through these things, and it's, like, crazy because he's just, like, it shows you how precious time is because he loses that all. It even really though it's does. only a year, it's precious. But this is the well, thing. the whole movie revolves around time. Yeah. Time to get off the planet. Time time that planets take. Yeah. Obviously, time where he can go back. This th- Now, see, this gets into my problem with Christopher Nolan. There's these I deep... I think you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say. There's these deep emotional parts, right? Yeah. But instead of, like him showing like he didn't he doesn't need this crappy dialogue of Anne Hathaway saying this is why we really love each other and all stuff like (laughs) the movie does so well portraying this and then this have some really sappy dumb dialogue and I'm like yeah come on like this movie is could be phenomenal but I think I think I think it stops it short because it's two hours and 30 minutes 
nine of the time is bad, but two hours and 30 minutes and everything is like spoon fed to you with crappy dialogue. I felt like, yeah, well, I think, I think the broader picture of what you're trying to say is he needs to cater to one group of people. I think he's trying to cater to To a lot of groups of people. Well, my point is he caters to both. He caters to like the art house in the sense of like the picture, the film, what he's going for, the ideas, the time. Yeah. And then he just caters to like the blockbuster film. And you're just like, you're like, well, what, what is this? Like, I'm, I'm super confused about the time, which you didn't really explain. Also, also I'm confused how you ended up on the ship, but, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I do think not the very, very end, but you know, when he's like in that, is he's in the black hole or whatever. And he's like figuring things out. I think like, that's what I mean. The time, the time you're talking about the time, like where he's not bound by time. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. Still doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm just talking Uh, about. I'm saying that did not make, that was probably my biggest nitpick. It just didn't make, okay. It made sense in the sense of like, oh yeah, I saw what he was going for. They didn't explain how he got there, really, besides through the wormhole, which they already went through, yeah. which doesn't make yeah. any sense, how he just magically shows up there. And they don't explain how he gets out. Yeah. And we're all supposed to take this for granted. Yeah, it's fine. And somehow his robot is also yeah, with him. Yeah, I felt like, I felt like... I need like forty-five minutes of explanation, <laughs> but then I'm like, this movie's four hours long. <laughs> like, like he's like, no, 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 no. These are these beings that have transcended time that send me through time to go see. Th-. I'm like, okay, you know what? If you if you want to go go like, but that's what I'm saying. He's he's doing the art house thing and doing these like crazy things. That's right? what I'm saying. With good picture, but then he's also catering to the normal people, just being like. But I'm not gonna go too in depth because that's gonna bore everyone. Yeah, but his so but then his, he just cuts over saying, it. His attempt at trying to cater, it just sucks. It's but so it's bad good in this for the movie. common people. All the common people. No, no. It. But I don't think common people love that scene. Yeah, but when I say common people, that's not a downput. That just means you've never taken a film class. Exactly. Exactly. So the, you don't the, know the plebs. <laughs> yeah. Pleb. <laughs> no, uh, the peasant. The peasant. No, it just it just that's what I'm saying. There's like. This movie's almost three hours long, and I think legitimately, probably two hours of it is great. Oh yeah, and for then sure. you got an hour of it that's just all over the place, including the crappy dialogue, and just literally everything else. Well, it's definitely a thumbs up to two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, I I think. I mean, that's where I think all of his ideas. Stem if from. you if okay honestly though if you look at but then all space movies that's too. what I'm gonna say so. <laughs> there's there's a saying I have no idea who says it. I actually legitimately tried looking up to see who said this because I think this is like a really funny but somewhat tad of truth is someone said Stan Kubrick is the only person who's ever made movies everyone else has simply yeah. just tried to replicate what he's done in in a lot of ways I'm like. Obviously, obviously, it's just like yeah, a facetious, like, um, facetious saying. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but yeah, you can definitely see. We, as we just said, at Astra, all these movies, but I'll just definitely agree. wink and I nod. I have a space movie that does not wink and nod at all. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Wally, no wink and nod towards 2001: Space Odyssey. I mean, I mean, you're right, but also you're wrong. 
No. No, you're Just because there's a spaceship in it doesn't mean it's a wink and nod at it. Stan Cooper was the first one to ever put spaceships in <laughs> No, I, d- I just think... Um, no, I agree with that saying completely because, I mean, he just did... I mean, anyone that does such a stellar job back then and it still holds up, and like I mean, like if you look at it, Star Wars, all the ships are. But we're 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 getting like really stranded here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'd also say like you can look at like Clockwork Orange, is definitely kind of like Joker. I mean, there's so many there's so many movies that you see today that yeah. obviously have roots to it. But that's beside the point. What I'm basically saying is, um, Interstellar. What would you give Interstellar? Well, actually, the first time I ever saw it, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I agree. I did, too. But then the second time I saw it, I didn't give it another rating. But then the third time I just saw it, I put it at 9 out of 10. Just because I just... That stupid time thing, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I have it at... And that's, like, such... That's literally such an intricate part of the movie. Like I said... It does. It really tries to explain everything, but doesn't I explain love anything. the whole movie, but it's, like... He's leaving out a whole part of the movie. So I'm saying, and the thing is, I don't want him to add 45 minutes because exactly. I'm not sitting through four hours of this movie. But he doesn't. That's I, I know, I know. I, it's, it's a hard thing. I think I gave it. So, I have it at a like an, I have it at an eight. I I would like to have this movie at nine. I've had it at nine for a long time. I just dropped it down to an eight though, like probably over the last year. Just I rewatched it, and it's just there's so many there's so much to love about it. But there's also parts to hate. And so this yeah. leads me to my number one is I think right now at Astra, now it could be because it's the freshness in my mind is my number one. Yeah, Interstellar's number one still. I mean, it's just there's no quite space movie that blew my mind like Interstellar and 2001. Those two movies yeah, I, I, really blew my mind. 2001, he took four years to make and it makes absolute sense why it took four years to make this movie it is, that movie pisses me off to okay i it, it, it's like it's a it's a great movie don't get me wrong great movie probably the most not perfect movie anyone, probably the most everyone. perfect movie, movie oh, ever yeah, made for sure but it's definitely not for everyone because it's kind of like the only word i can put it is the dialogue's kind of dry in the sense of i think the whole movie is pretty dry that's what i mean so it's not for everyone for no, sure no oh no 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 and no. you should only ever watch it at imax but I yeah, oh i agree i agree and i think it's this. It's Kubrick to me. I think is if he's not the best director, he's top three. And I think he is like we've just said. Su- like because of his movies, he's super influential to so many movies oh, that we yeah. love and stuff. And those are things that he did first. And I do think to me, Kubrick runs a little bit dry to me. A oh. little, little bit boring. But th- you can't help but deny like. How, like, for example, Barry Lyndon is three hours of, like, a colonial period. And I know people will die for that movie. But yeah. to me, it's just kind of, like, a little slow. But the whole movie, he uses natural lighting and everything for this movie. And it's crazy how hard. And he's yeah. such a perfectionist. And you have to respect you have to respect the drip, Karen, all right? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> that's my whole point. Like, Stanley Kubrick is, like, 50% of his movie is just a nice painting. A really nice painting. Like, a phenomenal painting, like the Van Gogh. I agree, I agree. But then the other 50% is really dry dialogue. Now, the dialogue's good. It's very good dialogue. And it, like, for one, at least in 2001 Space Odyssey, it blows your mind. Yeah. But it's just still so dry. I agree, I agree. It is, um, I mean, 
So I mean that that's our list. So that I mean, that's our list. It's our lists were pretty close. I mean, we had two flips. Two off on yeah yeah that's it. We were one and two and the last two. I should have been more. Moves the best movie I've ever yeah. seen. Like. <laughs> <More spot laughs> Gravity number one. All no, right, but let's uh, go on to what we're thinking about next week. All right, so uh, next week uh, we're thinking about which uh, is Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully, we're, that's, hopefully goal. that's the goal. We have uh, Joker's come out. Obviously, super controversial. So we'll get into a little bit. Of we'll, the news, oh, we'll definitely. We ha- I mean, we had. You can't talk about the Joker without getting yeah. into the controversy. Maybe of the Joker. a little meme culture. Well, yeah. This movie has gone absolutely crazy. Everyone's like, I swear, everyone's hoping and praying for or shooting at a theater now because I mean, everyone's like, this movie's gonna cost people to shoot. Like, then do, stop reporting on this movie's perfect for yeah, shooters to exactly. go see. Like, why are we, why are we like <laughs> promoting this? promoting this movie to be dangerous to shoot people? Like, this let it be. I and think, also, that brings up another valid question. I mean, I, we'll probably get into it a little bit more, but but you bring up this point. It makes me very questionable, like, do you want to shoot up the theater? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, is that how you felt? It kind of, I'm not going to lie. We well, well, you can't get into it yet. I'm, no, no, I'm not. I'm just we saying. Act like we didn't see it. Going to <laughs> going to see it, I was a little bit on my toes going. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm not saying I was, like, nervous or anything, but I did do a quick spot check of any yeah. any single single fat incels around me. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm going to be walking in with, you know, a giant, yeah. giant long yeah, coat. Yeah. I, I was looking around. But, um, yeah, so basically we're going to – it's going to be a Joker Fest. That's what we've decided. Joker yes, Fest. Yes. We're going to go into – basically we're going to try to look at multiple different – stories. Not, not, not just origins, but just different portrayals of Joker because he's probably the most famous – Vill- comic book villain. At this point, ever. he's maybe more famous than Batman himself. I honestly. mean, he literally is gigantic. And also, you know, I think this is a honestly, this movie is a big step for DC in the right direction. Even though this is not necessarily standalone like, film, it's a standalone film, which in some ways it's depressed sad. me. But then again, I'm like, good for them, not trying to make everything into a universe because that's what everyone's doing right and now. Most universes don't work out. Yeah, and that's what we've discussed. So it's gonna be told Joker Fest. We're gonna go over. Just different origins a little bit. But the more, Joker, more... the Dark Knight, the uh, Su- Suicide Squad one. We're even going to do some anime ones. Animated, animated one. Not yeah. anime. I don't and, know anime. So basically, basically <laughs> we're just going to go over like different portrayals of Joker, which one we think is truly the best. Did Joaquin Phoenix beat out Heath Ledger? We'll see. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, I I, mean... I, guys, I'm, I'm glad to be back after so long talking about movies again. It was fun. And, uh... Guys, guys, check out my letterbox. Do it. Keep cool. Oh. All right. All right. See you next time. All right, see you guys.